Is social media bad for you? We discuss this and more with special returning guest, Bose Harrington of Sketches by Bose on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for those who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, self-described role model. And with me, as always, is my horrifically wholesome co-host, Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and someone who fantasizes often about changing his name, deleting his social media, burning his computer, and buying a cabin in the woods to disappear to. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> I, I can, I can, I can uh, confirm that yes, is accurate. That is actually <laughs> accurate. Um, well, and with us today is a very special returning guest. He is a writer, lover of great art and books, and a wildly successful social media personality with hundreds of thousands of followers. And I just lost my, uh, all right, yes, whose pithy tweets on life and culture have been seen on every corner of the internet via his page, Sketches by Bose. He is the benevolent, the brainy, the breathtaking, Bose Harrington. Bose, welcome back to the show. Hello. <laughs> it's good to have you back. I think last time we did an episode on why we love mystery yes. so much. And that was a blast and we get we still get a lot. And since then our audience has grown exponentially. So it's really fun to have you yeah. back to talk about something you are definitely an expert in, Joseph. Social media. But first we're going to talk about whether social media is good or bad for us primarily. But first, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion and want to engage more with our content and connect with fellow overthinkers, where can they go? They can go to theoverthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and they can send us all of their love and hate mail and any suggestions for future episodes you want to hear. You can also go to the Overthinkers online Facebook group now with 6,000 members having fun posting memes, questions in a lighthearted but deep thinking way. So we want you to be a part of our ranks So come on over. We'd love to have you. And if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review or sharing with a friend. It really does help so much. And before I pass it back to you, Joseph, I'm just going to give one of our Overthinkers members who's been a faithful part of the community a shout out. Uh, they sent us a, a message a while ago saying that uh, because of our podcast, they were insp inspired to start a podcast. And I just want to give a shout out to other awesome people, especially in our community who are doing awesome things, but it's called Rainbow Cupcake, a neurodiverse podcast. Mm. And interestingly enough, uh, they just inter uh, interviewed one of our guests, Zahori Zapata. So go check out Rainbow Cupcake. It's a really cool podcast and I promise you, you'll enjoy it. Um, but we always like uh, shouting out and, and connecting with our members. And uh, so that's really fun to hear about uh, our our podcast inspiring another podcast exactly. because the world needs, needs more, more and more podcasts, podcasts yeah. especially good ones. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, that's it. Back Fantastic. Also, uh, we have upcoming. If you're in New York City, we have an upcoming event. It's a um, Overthinkers Master Media a mixer, a spring mixer, and artist showcase. Yes, we're gonna have poetry, readings, monologues, music, all while we mill around with fizzy drinks in a really cool historic heps of a house on the Upper West Side. And it's gonna happen on the 19th of May. We would love to see you there. So check out the Eventbrite and RSVP. Yes. And of course, another plug for our Facebook group of the Overthinkers, uh, Bose Harrington is on there. So if you want to uh, connect sure. with another amazing Overthinker uh, from this uh, podcast episode, check it out and go there. Lots of people like that. Cool people like Bose are there. Okay, cool. Is everybody ready to get started in discussion? Let's do it. <laughs> Cool. All right. So 
Social media is one of the most popular and complained about mediums in the world today. According to Statista, in 2020, over 3.6 billion people in the world were on some form of social media. For context, there are 7 billion people in the world. Wow. Um, so, and projected to increase to 4.41 billion by 2025. Although 82% of Americans are on social media, according to Pew Research, 64% believe that social media is making the country worse. And many experts agree. Sociologist Dr. Jonathan Haidt has long argued that social media is a big part of the rise in depression and anxiety we're seeing in society, particularly among young people. And documentaries like The Social Dilemma and articles like Social Media is Attention to Alcohol and Why American Teens Are So Sad are raising awareness of the negative effects of social media is having. And for those who hope social media will expand our minds to other perspectives, a recent Northwestern University study showed that continual exposure to views you disagree with on social media actually makes people dig in their heels more with their beliefs. Yet others push back on the pessimistic view. The Medical News Today piece, Does Social Media Impact Mental Health, argues that the causal link between social media use and mental health is weak, as social media actually increases mental health outcomes when those struggling can connect with others like them. Bose, you've built a rather large platform on social media, so you have a lot of experience with it. What have you found to be the best things and the worst things about social media, both for yourself and those you've seen, uh, you've interacted with over the years? I think social media is beneficial to the extent that it allows you to connect with like-minded people, with kindred spirits, uh, with fellow artists and book lovers. But I think the problem is that a lot of people don't use it in that specific way. And uh, um, they're using it for um, primarily political purposes or to feel outraged. There's a certain addiction that you can feel to getting outraged. And uh, I've known people, I've seen them in almost in real time deteriorate as they started spending more and more time on social media and following some of the, the worst accounts on, on, this, on Twitter. And uh, I think... Uh, this was a big problem. I was telling Joy during the um, previous presidential administration because you had people who were part of the resistance who were online 10, 12 hours a day thinking that they were doing something helpful mm. by sharing a lot of tweets and getting mad about every small thing that happened. And that's really unhealthy and corrosive. And I think that's what people are talking about when they talk about social media leading to the, the breakdown of civil society is that it is making everyone angrier and more afraid. And when yes. you have an entire population that's angry and afraid, th then uh, that's, I think that's dangerous. And so you want, you want people to feel, uh, anger can be constructive in the sense that it makes you proactive, but this wasn't proactive. This was mm -hmm. just, uh, um, this was anger that wasn't contributing to anything. And yeah. I think that's calmed down a little. I think um, since the new administration came in, there's a bit more awareness of mental health and how it should be managed and preserved. Um, but I think we still have a ways to go in making social media a positive, non-bigoted, non-angry, non-fearful place to be. And also another thing is that I think the amount of time people spend on there, I think it's a good thing if you're on there for a few minutes, half an hour, an hour a day, even an hour might be too much. But I, I'd i say you should have times during the week 
when you when you log off, when you read a classic novel, when you listen to or watch an opera, you cannot spend all your time on there because it's such a, a shallow medium. It becomes so shallow and performative because there's only a certain number of life experiences that you can really talk about. But life is so much richer, the spectrum, the palette of life is so much richer than what you can find on Twitter or Facebook. So go and pursue those things. Um, Rabbi Abraham Heschel has a great book, The, the Sabbath, where he, he talks about the central concept of the Sabbath, which is a day where you do not participate in these things. And I think it would be so healthy if we all did something like that. Oh, I love that. And I, I really love you said early on, okay, so let's, you know, and looking at the good and the bad of social media, right? And this is essentially, this is your job. You, you are someone who spends very, a lot of time on social media, and this is your, you have an audience, this is, you're very good at it. But it's interesting to hear you say, turn it off, go read a book, mm -hmm. listen to an opera, take a walk. But I do want to look at some of like the good things. And you mentioned it's good insofar as, and I'm misquoting you, but uh, uh, I, I think that's what you're getting at. It's good insofar as its ability to help you meet and connect with other kindred spirits, I think was something around what you said. And I, you know, we have seen that even in our overthinkers uh, group, there's this ability to, that it, it is a hard age, right? It's a hard age to find people who we connect with, we think like, and, and community is so important, especially in the last couple of years, the world feels very lonely. I've found, you know, you look at the statistics about loneliness, and so a lot of times people find that the only way they can find people who think like them, find people who understand them, who support them, we can find that community is online. And so I think that's actually a beautiful thing that social media has allowed us to do, to connect with like-minded people. And that's what we do here at The Overthinkers. We're hoping to connect people who love to have fun thinking deeply about things. So I do think that's a really, really good aspect of it. But if you look at that aspect, it's relational, right? It's, yeah. some, it's about connecting yeah. with another soul, another human. And the vehicle might be through a key board but ultimately you are connecting to another human being you're you're creating community and it's interesting when you say kind of what is the wrong thing with it you talked about um the anger about getting angry at every little thing and yes of course anger can be used as you pointed out um to to help you say oh i should change this or, or get involved those kind of things but so much of the anger on every different side of the issue isn't about making connection with other people isn't about coming to understanding it's right. It's kind of a, a, frust a frustrated catharsis where you can get behind a keyboard and just pour all your anger. And so basically a lot of the places on the internet have become this place where it's just this kind of dump for anger. And then we go and spend time in this dump of anger and frustration. And then we expect it to somehow make us whole, make us happy. And so I think that is one of the things happening is if you want to think about more like, like a physical thing, this metaphorical, dump site like a big hole where everyone is coming and just putting all their worst human attributes right in the middle here and then we go and say let's take a dive in there for seven eight nine ten hours a day and see how it affects yeah. with one of the things so one of the things we talked about last time you're actually on the show Bose, was um talking about one of the great things about mysteries is that it does create a a, a meta narrative for us and we, we are looking for stories and figuring out what story we're a part of and one of the things, Chris Ball has a book that came out, Breaking uh, the Social Media Prism, where he talks about that, like a lot of times people go on the internet, they're looking for the, you know, what story they're a part of and who they are in that story. And the problem with the internet, the way that it does that is that because it's a place of basically unlimited information, 
then the only yeah. you know, uh, the only places that uh, that show what's most important to focus on the focus what it shows focuses our attention on are the things that are the loudest the most extreme the most capable of of grabbing our attention or filtering through the noise so when we start to see like oh what's the meta narrative it's whatever is the loudest and most extreme that can filter through the noise and so that filters our perception actually of what the real world is like and um and, and so that's i think a really interesting aspect of it it's the anger as one of the most extreme things. And of course, also psychologists tell us the thing that we're actually most triggered by or most sensitive to and hear the loudest is fear. And there, there's a reason for that because you know it's more important that we are aware of the, the tiger in the woods that's about to eat us than anything else for our survival. But the way social media sort of hacked ourselves in that way to, for focused attention so it makes sense, okay, we're, if we're using it for identity formation in that way and story formation and fear is the thing that is gonna be loudest to cut through the noise, that can be why it's most toxic. Um, but if it is helpful in that way to actually find, find people like, again, it's not just community, but communities around voices that are important. Again, you bows have been a voice for, hey, I mean, you know, I'm oversimplifying a lot, but chill out and enjoy the simple things in life. That's something that people have sought out too. I've got simple things. I've got the rain and spring. Got spicy chicken wings and French fried onion rings. Now it doesn't have, you know, because it doesn't hack people's fear, you know, uh, parts of their brain, it may not have as big audience as some of the other ones. Mm -hmm. But the people who are looking for that, if they live somewhere where they're not in an environment where people are saying that, They've actually found that in you. And so there is a way to, 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 there is, social media is a place where you can find that if you're not finding those healthy things, if you're not finding that in other places in your life. Well, and, and I think it's interesting as, as I look at your online profile, I follow you obviously, you know, out of all the voices right now that are yelling, that are, we should be mad at, we should be angry, of course there are things we should be, but you should be upset all the time. We should division, attack, whatever it might be. You come, it's your, your profile is almost like a break. Stop, mm -hmm. take, hold on the brakes. Life is beautiful. Of course there are things to fight for all that, but life is good. Books are beautiful. Laughing is fun. Friends are wonderful. And it's interesting to me, I mean, really how big your pages are. Yeah. And I think that tells me that the, a lot of people are longing for this, this, what your page provides, which is a break in the anger and the hurt and the fear, as Joseph pointed out, which is so central to so much social media. They're longing for someone to say, life is still beautiful. Life is still good. Uh, so that's just an interesting thing. But Joseph, you have- Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so getting more sort of concrete, like how would you advise people to make that balance? Like how do they know that they're um, you know, spending too much time online or they are um, being unhealthy with the time they spend online versus having a more healthy way of um, balancing that with being outdoors. Like you mentioned sort of like an hour a day is probably max for yeah. social media. Um, but are there sort of the other ways that you think of people uh, balancing those two and um, being more healthy about their balance when they have it? What like the physical and the mental signs that we can kind yeah. of start telling in ourselves? Oh, I think I'm doing this too much. Well, here's something really practical. It's um, don't ever go on your Twitter timeline, like your main timeline. Okay, so uh, 
I'm uh, I'm on the spectrum, right? I'm neurodivergent, and uh, I find the timeline intensely overwhelming because it's like mm-hmm. three thousand people all saying completely different things, like the Tower of Babel. And oh, so, <laughs> what I do when I wake up in the morning, I have like six different pages that I visit, and I've uh, I've mm-hmm. curated them or, or um, so that uh, they. Uh, they give me the full spectrum of what's going on in my corner of Twitter. And I visit those six pages. And after that, I'm done. I've seen what I want to see on Twitter for the day. And then I, I'll post one or two things. And then I get bored with Twitter and I go read a book or I go write something. So um, I, I wish that more people would take the neurodivergent approach where you find social media overwhelming. And after a certain point, that's your mind telling you to stop. And go engage in something more constructive, more fun, more wholesome, more life-giving. This is this is great, and as, as many listeners know, I'm neurodivergent as well, with, with a different set of um, issues and going on in my head. But I found, and I've said this before on the show, that when I during we, we live here in New York City, and so we had um, you know not a lot of places to go during the pandemic and the lockdown, so it was a lot of sitting inside. And for a while I was doing okay, but then I found, I don't know, after about a month or two, I found I was spending an inordinate amount of time on my phone, like you said, flipping through um, uh, the page, the, the public pages. The, yeah. And I found, I, I, I didn't, and I became more stressed, more angry, more frustrated. And I was able, like a doctor diagnosing myself to pinpoint one of the primary reasons this was happening to me is because I was doing exactly what you said you've decided not to do. And so it was a really interesting thing for me to go, oh, it's okay for me not to, not to do that, to curate my time here in a way that I know is going to be beneficial and healthy for myself. And it's not that I hate people or, but I I would, uh, block is the wrong word. I would curate who and what I looked at because I found that that would had, have a negative effect on how I interacted with the world and how I experienced the world just myself. So I actually had to learn, oh no, Nathan, you can't handle everything. This isn't necessarily good for you to say, oh, I can handle it all. It will actually have a negative effect. And I found that that was the experience for a lot of people when we're trying to, as limited humans with limited minds, take in everything that maybe we weren't evolutionarily meant to, that it really can have a detrimental effect. And with anything in the world, you know, there are people who want to say social media is all bad, get rid of it totally. And then there's people who don't do anything else but social media. But with anything in life, I typically find that it, it's, it can be good or it can be an evil. And so I always, one of the things I do is ask myself, um, how am I using this and how yeah. much am I using this? So I look at my time. Is this something that is taking lots and lots of my time and is it worthy of that? And how am I using it? Am I, am I using this to build people up, to build myself up, to make connection? Or am I using this to get in Twitter fights with trolls? Yeah. And I had to ask myself those questions. One, I was using it way too much. And so I picked up chess again. So I started playing more chess and I started, okay. and I read more than I ever have during the pandemic. And I found, I'm so glad that I asked myself, how much time was I spending on this? And then I said, how am I using this? And I said, I'm not going to do Twitter fights anymore or, or comment fights or Facebook fights, whatever it might be. I'm not going to do that. I don't need to take the bait. I have friends with whom I can talk about deep things. I don't need to try to change someone else's mind 
or get in these these fights that last an entire day where I'm angry at someone I don't even know on the internet. And so I had to say, how am I using this? And how much am I using this? And that helped me find a healthier, and I'm still to this day trying to figure it out, but a healthier balance. Um, yeah. yeah, Joseph. No, yes, yes. I mean, I, I think that this is really healthy. I don't know how many people struggle with this exactly, but I think that giving yourself permission to curate your social media feed is a huge, a huge thing. Yes. Because I, you know, one of the things I really valued about social media is a, I thought that it gave me a way to be exposed to ideas and people and things and ways of looking at the world that I didn't get as easily and have it all at my fingertips. And so I would follow people who I disagreed with even passionately a lot for, for a long time. But I found that, and I still do that, but I found that I was exposing myself to people who made me angry a lot. Mm. And so I had to figure out ways like, you know what, it's okay to cut myself off and set boundaries with people who make me really angry. And so, you know, I still, again, have people on Twitter and Facebook and whatever who um, I disagree with, but it's people I disagree with who are not gonna go out of their way to make me angry. Interesting. And so I've, I, I giving myself permission to do that made me have a much more healthy relationship with social media um, than I have. And so, you know, than I, than I did have, and again, now I go on Twitter, I love going on Twitter now because I'm not going to get angry when I, when I turn it on and, and I can still get exposed to different ideas without having that. Um, I think that, you know, one thing I think that you guys have both been talking about also, I find one thing, again, I like social media a lot because it gives me some of the things I have access to news stories. I love hearing things that are going on in the news. I like hearing things that are going on in culture. I like hearing about, you know, it gives me access to a lot of, I love engaging with ideas that are going on in culture and the arts and, and politics and science and all those things like that. And it gives me ready access to that and access to other people who are talking about it and engaging with them. And I love engaging with other people and seeing what they think about it. And I love the fact that I can, it kind of gives me this room to like be an introvert and also social at the same time because it's like oh i've got like a bunch of friends who are across the country and also like here and i can message them a little briefly about it on a, on one easy platform like on facebook or something like that and have those curate sort of like the distance i have in the relationships a little bit so i can have that um community without fully having to just be in the room with someone all the time and then i can much more have a much smaller group of people who i actually am in the room with all the time um or not you know some of the time but one of the things that i think so like those are all things like it, I'm on social media a lot because it benefits my life in those particular ways. One of the things I like that you guys have been saying is that we had this discussion about idols versus icons. Yes, before. C.S. Lewis talked and about so, this. You know, and mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis talked about the distinction between an idol and an icon is an idol is something that is not God or a person that you love for itself and, and it versus you know, loving it because it points you to something actually more important, which is an icon. And the thing is like um, social media is supposed to be an icon and not an idol. It's supposed to be like, get us to communities that we can actually yeah. real it's people you can love. It's yes. not the end. Yes, it's actually supposed to help you to get towards people that you can love. And again, it's one of the reasons that most of what I do on social media now is hang out with people on the Overthinkers Facebook group, because like that's actually a curated community of people who we can have interesting discussions with people and in a, in a, in a um, healthy way. And it's not gonna be just, you know, people being angry at each other all the time. Well, that's something we also try to curate on the overthinkers is we we start feeling anger or insult to go, nope, that's not what we do here. And again, I had a guilty feeling. I'm interested, Bose, what you think about this. I have this idea in me that I should be active in the world and trying to help it. Hmm. And, um, you know, and so part of me when I started curating my social media was felt a little guilty 
mm. actually like, oh, I'm not involved anymore. I'm, 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 you know, kind of uh, ducking out of things I really shouldn't be. But then I realized yeah. that social media had actually been a distraction for me helping the world mm. in that there were, pe there were people around me, um, friends and loved ones and family who I could help in my, in even my own city, my own town, the people outside, um, the poor in my own city, that in social media was distracting me from helping my own world and trying to worry about things that I couldn't yeah. have an effect on. And so actually I found it's much more, it's not that I don't try to help the world to be involved, to be active, but I found that being active in the real world around me is far more fulfilling and actually realistic to do um, than it is on social media. Have you found that? Have you, have you found that it's, yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about the real world versus yeah. the online world. And again, your page is one that so often encourages people while it is online to go read a book and take a walk. Why is it, what, what are the health benefits of turning social media off, I'd ask? I do think there's a, a certain Gnosticism in, in our era that sort of fuels the 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 drive towards social media and again i'm not saying it's all negative i'm not saying we only use social media for negative reasons but i think that there's a tendency to disengage from the body and to want everything to be online mm -hmm. and you see this in like the transhumanist movement which yeah teaches that we're all going to be we're all going to transcend our bodies and become digital avatars in in a digital space forever which um it's sort of the secular idea of heaven but i don't think it works because heaven is ultimately a physical place. It's a place where you interact with people physically and a physical body, at least in Orthodox Christian teaching and, and in Jewish teaching. And um, so in the last year or two, I have had more opportunities to be with family in the, the offline world, in the physical world. Um, eating, playing games, watching family films. And it's been incredibly wholesome and life-giving. And what you find is that when you are surrounded by family or community that loves you and that is pouring into you and into whom you are investing, you don't feel the need to go online as much because mm -hmm. you're not trying to find your whole worth in people who live in other places. And uh, I think some people take that the wrong way and will go as far as to say that people online are not real, which is not true. Um, <laughs> people online are real people and you can have real friendships with them, but there's also a, an enormous benefit mentally and emotionally to being with the people around you. If you've seen the movie Her, this is yeah. a, oh. a fantastic movie and narratively the movie is built around this revelation. I, I'll try not to spoil it, but the okay. the hero eventually realizes um, that he doesn't need to be in the online world as much, that he has love and community right next to him. Wow. And uh, I think it's a very, very powerful redemptive movie and I encourage everyone to watch it. Yeah, that's, I, I love what you're saying. Yeah. It's almost like, and you can again correct me if you're if I'm wrong, but it feels like to me when I when I'm listening to this, it feels like if you find yourself continuing to open your phone or computer and scrolling yeah. through endlessly, that might be a sign there that you need to go find things in your life that you're yeah. trying to look to fill through social media. 
Is is that close to what you're saying? Because yeah, there's there's a loneliness that spurs it. Yes, a, a, a sadness, a discontent. Yes, and I found that I am someone who, when I'm missing something in my life, rather than saying, "Oh, this isn't good," I should go fix this. I'll, very often, I'll try to distract myself from it. And social yeah. media can be such a great distraction um, from. Uh, the things in life that really make it worth living and beautiful. And so yeah. one of my my um, uh, things I would say to our audience, is yeah. if you find yourself uh, overdoing, again, look at how yeah. you're using how much time, but if you find yourself spending way too much time um, in, in your estimation or yeah. others' estimation online or on social media, don't, don't, one, don't get down on yourself and be angry, I'm so bad or whatever, but do let that be an indication, indication to ask yourself a question. What, why am I doing this so much? What am I distracting myself yeah. from? What things in my life do I need more of? Is it friends? Is it people? Yeah. Is it wholesome experiences? Is it, is it good food? Is yeah. it whatever it might be? Use that, oh, wow, I'm spending too much time, that realization to spur you to go find the things that your soul yeah. actually desires and wants and, and how to fulfill those in a, in a lasting and beautiful, yeah. healthy way. No, I think I, I would say like, you know, if, if you find yourself like more lonely, in your life, you know, after you doing social media, if you find yourself more angry, you find yourself more, you know, more traits that everyone would say are negative or, or negative states. It may be a good indicator that social media is not actually filling the thing that you're, you're looking for, actually looking for. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, ask yourself when you go on social media, is it helping you build relationships? Yes. Are you having deeper relationships with people through the facilitative social media? Are you having more of the good things in life when you're on social media? Is it helping you find those things? Exactly, helping you find those things, helping to build those things, because you do need it to be embodied. You do need it to be, is helping you build real life relationships or help expand the relationships you have in the real world. You know, one of the things we talk about on the show is that, you know, the 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 one place, it, it's interesting is that that's a, internet is so strongly linked in most studies to declining mental health, because mm-hmm. the one, place in the this Pew Research study showed the one group of people during the pandemic who in, their their mental health actually increased were people who regularly went to in-person church services. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's because you're having living embodied meta-narrative. And it's like that you're actually a part of instead of trying to find your meta-narrative on social media. And so I think that if thinking about is social media facilitating the good things in life for me? And if so, then it's you can continue using it as you're using it. But if not, then you need to really actually move away from finding other places that you can actually get those things. Where that's possible. And, but, and here's a good thing that's also interesting is during the pandemic, when people couldn't safely go to church, right. social media turned out to be a really amazing place where people actually could exactly a gather around a church. That's a positive. I, there were zoom churches where no of course it's not the same and embodied and with someone but social media was this tool that was used not exactly. the end all be all but actually to build community which i think is a really beautiful thing and one thing i want to touch on right before we wrap up that i feel like is what i hear often about social media i'd love to hear both of your thoughts before we um before we end is the comparison hmm. um the comparison oh, yeah. aspect of social media that i think so many people face I've heard from so many people that one of the things that makes them most unhappy about social media isn't just the, the anger, isn't just the division, or isn't just the, um, the, the Twitter fights, that very often social media tells you everything you're missing out on and everything you aren't. So if you are feeling insecure about your body, you go and are confronted with a 
thousand bodies that most of them are photoshopped by the way, <laughs> yeah. but you think in your mind that they're better than yours. And so that creates discontentment with your own body. You go and say, well, my life isn't exciting enough. And then you find 48 travel bloggers who are in Paris, Rome and London doing, you know, traveling the world or, or you feel like, oh, my finances aren't, I, I'm not very rich or successful. And then you see people driving fancy cars or whatever it might be. So social media also has this ability if we're not careful to kind of dig at who we are and our an identity. Again, I think offline is a healthier place to learn how to find that identity and, and not have that comparison, even though it exists in the real world. But is that something that both of you have found? And what do you think is the antidote to that? Um, so I'll go first so that you can uh, wrap us up, uh, Bose. I guess for me, you know, it's interesting. For me, I guess asking the question of whether or not what I'm, who person I'm, I'm following is I feel inspired by their content or if I feel envious mm. um, is for me a good indicator if I'm, I'm doing it healthily or not. Because there are people who are like, who their life seems amazing and they, and they seem like they're doing really cool things. And I watch them like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. That makes me want to do cool things and, and do anything. Encourages you to go do Exactly, cool encourages me to go out. And if they have the, that spirit in there, um, then I think it's, it's good and I have a healthy disposition. One of the things again is, is you talked about like knowing that and learning about all the ways in which it is false and curated yes. is a big help. I mean, just again, read some articles, read some articles online, go online and read some articles about, you know, the Photoshop, way, about how Photoshop and how much these are curated. Um, also, again, you know, if you, if you live life enough and meet enough people, you find out that comparing yourself to other people really is not very wise because so much of life is trade-offs and what you think you're envious about the other person is they're actually going through stuff that you don't have to deal with. I heard a quote once by a, a guy, a friend of mine's dad said, um, if you look to everyone's problems, you think that your problems, but he said, I'd always take my problems because everyone's fighting a battle. Yeah. And so I think that, I guess, I guess, you know, we, we always talk about, you know, on this program that um, you know, because reality is at its bottom good, you don't have to be afraid of finding out the truth of anything. And one of the things is like, the more I know, the more I find that most comparison is, is uh, not worth it. And so, not helpful. And, and so I, I don't feel the need to compare myself as much to people, particularly online as I do. But I always think if I am being made to envy about it, that's the person maybe to mute, um, but, and find people who you are looking at who inspire you. So that's what's been helpful for me. Um, Bose, what about you? What are your what are your thoughts and your sort of final thoughts to wrap this up? I would say a good antidote to the problem of social media is reading the poetry of Wendell Berry. Wendell Berry oh, is God. sort of an expert at not being online. And uh, I love his poem, The Mad Farmer Liberation Front, which I'm sure you've heard, but I'm going to read some of it. Please do. Love Please. the profit, the annual raise, vacation with pay, want more of everything ready-made. Be afraid to know your neighbors and to die. You will have a window in your head. Not even your future will be a mystery anymore. Your mind will be punched in a card and shut away in a little drawer. When they want you to buy something, they will call you. When they want you to die for profit, they will let you know. So, friends, every day, do something that won't compute. Love the Lord. Love the world. Work for nothing. Take all that you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. Denounce the government and embrace the flag. Hope to live in that free republic for which it stands. Give your approval to all that you cannot understand. Praise ignorance. For what man has not encountered, he has not destroyed. Ask the questions that have no answers. Invest in the millennium. Plant sequoias. 
Say that your main crop is the forest that you did not plant. You will not live to harvest. Say that the leaves are harvested when they have rotted into the mold. Call that profit. Prophesy such returns. Put your faith in the two inches of humus that will build under the trees every thousand years. Listen to Carrion. Put your ear close and hear the faint chattering of the songs that are to come. Expect the end of the world. Laugh. Laughter is immeasurable. Be joyful, though you have considered all the facts. So long as women do not go cheap for power, please women more than men. Go with your love to the fields. Lie easy in the shade. Rest your head in her lap. Swear allegiance to what is nighest your thoughts. As soon as the generals and the politicos can predict the motions of your mind, lose it. Leave it as a sign to mark the false trail, the way you didn't go. Be like the fox who makes more tracks than necessary, some in the wrong direction. Practice resurrection. Mm, wow. All of our Wendell Berry fans are going to really, really <laughs> enjoy that. That's awesome. And that, I think, is a perfect place to, I'm really hoping that all of you out there, like us, got something from this. And uh, hopefully we encourage you to use social media well and use it for something but at the end of the day use it so you actually want to turn it off and go live a beautiful whole life mm. amen all right well with that we are going to move on to our our great segment of blesses and curses um where we take an art a work of art resource or media that we want to recommend and so bless and a similar thing that we want to curse because we don't think you should be involved in that so um, Nathan, do you want to start us off? Something to bless and something to curse? Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go pretty controversial today. Ooh, nice. Um, I'm gonna bless something that I've previously cursed. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I've in, in talking to one of our overthinkers on a um on a on a private chat, we were talking. <gasps> oh. He was talking about one of my curses, and uh, I think I know what this could be. During oh, that's cool. during the pandemic, a a comedy, if if you can say that, special came out called Inside by a guy named Bo Burnham. And mm -hmm. I still have uh, some, some questions and some reservations, but one of the things I think that Bo does so well in this is he looks at modernity and the problems it has and, and diagnoses kind of the absurdity mm -hmm. with how we, of what we think is normal today. Mm -hmm. He talks about social media yeah. and he talks about, there's a great song called, um, give me everything all can of I the time. Can I interest you in everything all of the time? And yes, yes that, even better. Yeah. Can I interest you in everything all of the time? Yeah. And if that's not a, a summation of yeah. social media and, and how detrimental that can be on us, yeah. um, I don't know what is. So, you know, I do find myself with all my critiques that I've said earlier on the show, I do find myself turning on the music and listening and going, wow, that makes me think something. There's a beautiful song um, towards the end called Funny Feeling. And it's absolutely, it's, it's sung with an acoustic guitar. Um, it's actually covered by one of my, my now favorite artists, Phoebe Bridgers. Um, but mm -hmm. it's a beautiful, beautiful song well, that talks cool. about the angst and the, and the fear and the doubt that comes with the modern world when we are too connected to things like social media and um, uh, uh, those kind of things. So I have first time on the show, wow. I'm now blessing something that I once cursed. Wow. By the way, all my reasons for cursing still stand, still valid, yeah. but it still deserves a bless when I look at it through that particular lens. So I really like that. Also, I'm gonna say, um, I always like to show catfish because I think it's fun and interesting. Of course, it's definitely, but it can also show you maybe the detrimental side of social yeah. media and um, maybe can give us a little insight into how to be careful and uh, how to be wise when we're, when we're engaging with it. 
I'm going to curse, and I, I think I might have cursed this before, and there are things to bless about this as well, but I'm actually going to curse the documentary, The Social Dilemma. Ah, yes. And I'll tell you why. Because one, I'll bless this part of it. It really does give a, a, a very interesting um, insight into how social media has uh, can be used to make us addicted and uh, younger and younger and younger and how it can affect our lives um, detrimentally. The one thing I want to curse about it is it feels a little deterministic, meaning there's nothing that can be done a little yeah. bit. Uh, and that, make, that, that makes me sad because at the end of it, I say, well, or, or that it's someone else's job to make you not addicted to this. And of course we need help and all of that. But part of me says, yes, but we have the power to say, I'm going to shut my phone off and go read a book yeah. or take a walk or hang out with a friend. And I didn't like that. It, it didn't seem to empower the viewer yeah. in a way that they can take ownership over their um, over yeah. their practices, and because I, I wanted to end with a yes, these things are real, and we have to fight them. But you can make the decision to yeah. to not, um, or if you are addicted, to just try to break that addiction and go experience life in the real and yeah. and watch out for that. That is an important component of it that we do have some ability to agency actually, agency and and robbing people of that is a, is a is a problematic thing. So yeah, I would have liked a little more encouragement to say you can do this. You know, yeah. um, we don't have to wait until government cuz it probably never will. Yeah, we're gonna, we're not going to wait until people who are are those people who love us and have yes. our best interests are save us. Yeah. Actually have some autonomy of your own. Yes. We're going to go and and say even before that. Hopefully it happens, but until it does, yeah. I'm going to go choose to be, you know, yeah. uh spend see the beauty in life myself yeah. and turn off my phone that's no that's 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 good that's you, that's you've made a good argument on that documentary before so this is a good episode to to revive that on um okay so i'm going to be trying to be very brief it's really funny you brought it up inside because i'm going to also bless a bo burnham project oh uh, eighth grade oh, okay. i think that eighth the movie eighth grade aside from being a great like exploration of being young and being you know a young girl it also um is is I think one of the best explorations in a narrative form of why people use social media, what needs that it fills, I mean, and, and the good and the bad of it, and not judging sort of the use of social media, but just saying like, look, people are looking for the identity, they're looking for affirmation, and, and they've always done this. Yeah. It's always self-acceptance self and social acceptance has always been a thing. And the fact that people people are now using social media as it may exacerbate those problems, may make it look in a like a different way, but it really is the same universal things we've always been looking for. And uh, so I think that that- Bo's getting a lot of blessings today. He, he must, is. He must really understand social media. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And he should come on our podcast. And also to talk about he's it. someone else who understands social media in a way that that's what launched him. And also he's warning people about yes. the, the yeah. negative aspects of it as well. Uh, um, I'm going to curse uh, guns akimbo. Uh, is a movie uh, which is people know about it at all. They only know about it because uh, it's Daniel Radcliffe with the guns uh, stapled to his hands oh. from the meat in his uh, in his um, uh, bathrobe. But um, really, that was a movie. It's it's a serious, but that was a movie that seemed like it was trying to say something and say something deep about outrage culture on social media and all the and how it could be. And it leaned into all the shallowest elements of it. Okay, and all of its deep elements it told rather than showed. And so okay. it was. Uh, a, it was. It was a trashy thing that tried to seem like it was not trashy. Gotcha. And so I, I wish I would have. I was like, oh, the plot that you sounded like you wanted to do, and the story, the stuff you wanted to do with. I would have liked to see that movie which you made that one. So that's why I'm going to curse. Uh, typically, as people, movies are not very usually very good at dealing with the problems and the benefits of social media. Um, so more like eighth grade and inside. Yes. Amen. So. Uh, how about you, Bose? Uh, what would you uh, put for blesses and or slash curses? 
Well, if I had to curse something, probably the internet, but (laughs) two blessings. And one of them is the novels of Charles Dickens, which are still incredible. And if you've not read one of them, I suggest that you get to a library or bookstore and read a Charles Dickens novel because he is simply the greatest storyteller in the English language. And reading an 800 page Dickens novel is so worth it. He is phenomenal. He's so funny and scary and tragic and he can write anything. Stories are completely gripping. Don't let people tell you they're boring. They're gripping and entertaining. And second, quick question. Where should people start with Dickens? Because I know a lot of people who want to dive in, but they're a little scared. Is there a good one to start you think with? A Christmas Carol, A Tale of Two Cities, one of the shorter ones. But once you once you start to get into Dickens, he gets really addictive and you'll find yourself reading Bleak House. And, I, I, and his- I got um, I was obsessed with Charles Dickens for a period of my life. It, so I can occur, affirm everything you said. I started with Great Expectations, which may not be the right place to start. But yes, he gets very addictive in the best possible way. So definitely. I, I agree and he has that. such an insight into the human condition. Yeah, how yes. people really are. And he's witty. And he was. He was writing for the masses, so he's terrifically entertaining. He knows how to yes. keep your attention. He's not boring whatsoever. But And the the second thing, Joy Rick Clarkson's book, Aggressively Happy, which discusses everything that we've just talked about and is utterly delightful. And there's a chapter where she discusses the time when we were both being bullied on Twitter by some very grumpy, cynical people mm. and because we enjoyed things and they didn't enjoy things and they were very jealous and resentful and uh, she talks about mr collins from pride and prejudice and she redeems him because a lot of people think that mr collins is sort of sniveling and annoying and odious and she explains how no he just enjoys things and he (laughs) takes great delight in the small things of his life and she says we should all be more like this so i highly recommend buying and reading and by the way the the title to my sister's book aggressively happy is really interesting it actually came out of someone trying to accuse her name call yes. her and she was like you said she was enjoying something joy is a fun she loves things she loves people and she lets the world know about the things she likes and the things she's joy- joyful yeah. about and someone tried to insult her by calling her aggressively happy so she went and wrote a book by, with the title <laughs> aggressively happy which i think is the best come up i've ever seen yeah <laughs> uh well that's awesome yeah and of course we had a joy on the podcast to talk about the book um the end it's in our episode is uh, about the toxic positivity check so it out check it out but yeah, no, if you want two accounts, I'm just getting, you know, plug, if you want two accounts that really are about try, being wholesome and a wholesome antidote to much of the outrage, Sketches by Bose and Joy's- uh, uh, Join us the brave. Join us the brave uh, Twitter account are both uh, people to, to follow. Um, so well, cool, well, thank you so much for joining Bose. Um, anything uh, to promote or any place you want people to find you other than Sketches by Bose, which we've talked about? Yeah, where can people find and connect with your your uh, content, which which I think will ultimately really help their experience online, to be honest. Uh, sketches by Bose at Twitter. Perfect, Perfect. go there. You'll be um, whimsied and, and, and uh, humored and you will feel all of a sudden that- All the things I like. Yeah, all, you will feel all of a sudden that maybe the internet isn't quite such an angry, resentful place. And it's a, and that it will remind you that there's a world outside the internet that's good and beautiful that is waiting for you to live in it. So I highly recommend 
um, the sketches by Bose. Uh, you do a great job. So well done. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to nathanclarkson.me or search my name on any of the socials, Nathan Clarkson. Um, and Joseph. You can find me on any of the socials as well. And uh, also uh, my website, josephholmstudios.com. And also you can find much of my writing work on Religion Unplugged, where I talk about movies and culture from a faith-based perspective. Well, thank you so much again, those for joining us and thank you all for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.